0: All right, what is going on everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS office hours. It is Thursday, July 27th of 2023. Here looking ahead, I know that the 3M open already underway here good luck to all of you in your pga contest this week and uh, i'm a big hideki fan myself so he's off to a good start hopefully uh we can have a good weekend here but then we also have a three-game mlb main slate later today very short slate short slates always get very interesting probably a lot of uh game theory uh Games to play here. So happy to talk about all of those things. But for those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at Sabersim. So show where we go over how to use the Saber Sim app, answer any and all DFS related questions. Questions can come in one of three ways. One, you can send in questions via support. Reach us at support at sabersim.com. Two, you can post them in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord, there is a link in the description below to get joined up. And three, you can post questions live in the YouTube chat. we we'll get to all the questions before the end of the show here. But with that being said, going to get the app pulled up. Uh, have two quick questions here in the Office Hours channel and one in the YouTube chat. So we are going to knock all of those out. But if anybody has any questions on their mind, something that they've been wanting to ask now is the time to do that. Uh, so, first question here from sports guy. I responded to him in the Discord, but if I confused anybody else, I did want to cover this here. So, question was: You mentioned in one of your recent videos that it's bad to have high ROI standard deviation. Yet, the high ROI lineups and the contest sim beta generally have the higher higher ROI standard deviation. What did you mean when you said that? And uh, just just to clarify here, you know, basically what I was trying to say is that if you are in a position where you have two lineups of similar strength. So one of the things on the beta is you can do contest sims. You can get the ROI for, for all of your lineups in your pool across, um, you know, across your entire contest sim, right? So what we would do is run 50,000 contest sims for each lineup and then give you uh, win rate, cash rate, standard deviation of your ROI and your ROI of the lineup here. And I said, basically what I was trying to say is that if you're posed with two lineups, similar ROI, but two different standard deviations, you would want to take the one with a lower standard deviation. A higher standard deviation means just a wider range of outcomes here. Um, you know, probably a little more boom bust type style lineup here. Uh, lower standard deviation is just going to be a little less variance here. So that was kind of the point I was trying to make. Apologize if I confused anybody there. And then next question here from Albus. Uh, this is a good one, one that I'm happy to talk about here. So, question says, Sometimes when you sort by geo mean, there are lineups that are zero because they contain someone with a 0% projected ownership. Is there a value in filtering out lineups with a zero geo mean, hiding lineups with a geo mean less than 1? Okay, so this is a really good question. This is actually um something that came up in one of our pro exclusive videos in NFL season last year. So, if you guys didn't know, one of the cool features that's not listed here under the um saberson pro so you know we we show you guys the differences between the two lineups standard and pro but one thing that's not listed here is the access to our pro exclusive content so usually we release one pro video a week here on average uh we've been a little slow like the last couple weeks here because we're ramping up getting ready for 3.0 but there's gonna be a ton of pro exclusive videos coming out uh there's still a good solid library of of recent pro videos here so this is a concept i took from matt here and basically what happens is this probably works best for a showdown here. So let's build for the night showdown, this Cleveland White Sox slate. I'm going to make my two adjustments, to projections. I'm going to run a build here. We'll get into the post-build and we'll start talking about it. But but just to you know refresh you guys. So geometric mean is basically a, a form of product ownership here. So what you're doing is you are taking the product ownership of the lineup and then you are taking it to the power of one over six uh, which is the number of players in your lineup is technically one over n and just being the number of players in your lineup here so if there was classic slate you you would use 10 if it was showdown you would use 6 right so it just kind of varies there but basically that is just to um make the number a little bit more usable if you're doing like just regular product ownership, you're gonna end up with a super small number that's like 0.0000045 or something like that. Just many, many decimal places, right? But by doing the geometric mean, uh it's gonna be a, a lot more usable number, a little user-friendly, right? So but somebody actually wrote in today about uh to support about this saying, hey, you know, I can't see geo mean, I'm on the pro plan, uh you know what's wrong, and, and the way that you see geo mean not a standard summary statistic. You have to create a custom metric, and then I just name it geo mean here so I can reference it. And then you do my own product geo mean, and you do value. So the value is going to actually give you the geo mean of each lineup by doing that process that we talked about, multiplying all the ownerships together, taking them to the power of one over N and then uh, presenting you with this geo mean value here. Right? So question was, Hey, um, there are players in my lineup. Let's say, let's do this Aaron bummer one. So if I go and look, Aaron bummer is projected for zero points here or zero projected ownership. If I go and look at this, lineup that has Aaron Bummer in it because he has a ownership of 0 his the geo mean of the lineup is also going to be 0 because any number times 0 is 0 right so this doesn't really tell you what you want right what we're trying to do is uh use geo mean as a value to estimate how likely each lineup in our pool is to be duplicated here and and um th- this is this is like uh kind of kind of negating that that effect right so we have all these other ownerships of all these other players and then we have this zero here um so it's not doing us a ton of favors here so what do you do how do you combat this right so something that i was doing in nfl showdown was and this is you know referring back to the pro video um shout out matt for for giving me this idea but basically what you would do is you would go into your captain or utility slots sort by ownership and then for, for any projected player, probably just easier to do this by projected player. So let me just set a filter. Show players with projection greater than zero. Get rid of all these other guys I don't need to see. I uh, Remove them. And then for, for all these players, right, that are low projection but still viable, right, and they have a projected uh, ownership of zero, set an ownership floor. And this is never going to hurt you, right? So maybe I want to say that, hey, I want to... S- change all of these players with a ownership of zero to an ownership of at least two percent here so then i'm going to go and then i'm going to give all these players an ownership of two and then this two percent ownership will be an ownership floor here and the reason that this can never hurt you is because you are actually inflating these players ownerships here so they're in in theory right if we're expecting them to be around zero percent owned we don't expect them to come in higher than two percent. So if I am treating them at at as two percent ownership, the the uh, the geo mean formula is being calculated as if they're two percent owned. If they come in at zero point five or one percent, um, that means that the lineup is even less likely to be duplicated than I accounted for, right? So setting these ownership floors for your utilities, and your captain i think is a great way to do this i usually set the utility floor a little higher than the captain floor like for nfl showdown um so you could do something like i did two percent for utility and then i'm going to come in here and then do one percent uh for all of my captains here and then once i do that i would just rerun the build let the geo mean formulas uh do their thing but you just kind of have to You know, sitting here and and knock all these out, make these quick changes doesn't take too long there. And then I would just rerun the build with my new ownership floors, and then uh, use the geo means from there. So I think that setting a floor is is good. It'll help you have non-zero geo mean formulas here, and then you can filter appropriately. So good question there. And um, even if you're setting it it as a rule in the home screen, I think if I think that you know, across the board, if you're going to use geo mean as a custom metric and a filter or as a rule in the home screen always setting these ownership floors is probably best practice here i would highly recommend you guys do that but really good question all right jumping over to the youtube chat here question from big dog big dog said how can i check my changes made from a previous slate that is complete uh so if you want to go back to any past slate here all you have to do it just changed the date up at the top. So just, you know, July 27th, I want to go back to a build that we did yesterday on the show. You know, I would just go to July 26th and then I would go back to the slate I played and then all of your past builds should be in here. And then you would just click on your past build. And then a couple things with this, right? A couple things that some people get uh, stuck with here. So if you come into this build and you don't click anything, And then you just go straight to actual scores or like, Hey, you know, I want to, I want to look at the highest scoring lineups from my set here. I want to look at my lineups sorted by actual score. If you do not select a saved lineup file and review mode is not activated, what you will see, what the builder will do is it will look at all 546 lineups and look at any lineup regardless of whether you played it or not and just show the highest scoring lineups descending here so some people times people say hey you know i'm seeing lineups with higher scores than what i played what's going on so the the problem is that you have to make sure to go in and select the lineup file that you use to fill your contests and then what happens when you do that review mode gets activated what review mode does is it separates your 20 lineups in this case from the rest of the pool and only sorts your lineups by actual score. So before our highest scoring actual was 149 points. Now our highest scoring actual is 123, which is from the 20 lineups from my lineup file. Uh, One cool thing here that you can do is now that review mode is activated, when you toggle over to pool, the pool will still be sorted by actual scores, similarly to how it was before review mode was turned on but these lineups will be grayed out. So it'll be like, Hey, you know, you didn't play this lineup. Uh, The first highest scoring lineup that you played in this case uh, would have been lineup. I'm just scrolling for it. Lineup forties, right? So I had 39 lineups that scored higher than the first lineup that I played, but you know, this is just an office hours build that we did like five hours to lock. So um, I wouldn't take too much away from this, but, but you know, if this is the case, right, if you're seeing, Hey, I had you know 20 lineups that scored higher than the first lineup that I played. maybe that's a good indication that hey, maybe you're doing too much in the post build, right? Maybe you are making too many changes and you're getting off of some of these better lineups that Sabre would have played for you instead. Uh, so you could definitely use this as like a sanity check to see you know if you're making too many changes. Uh, if, you know, you're just getting unlucky, right? Maybe you're not making a lot of changes, but you're not getting to a lot of these lineups. Uh, that That's just variance, right? So playing, um, you know, looking at how many lineups you're playing, right? If you're only playing five lineups and, and you're missing a lot at the top, you know, maybe you go and watch the profit plan video and try and do a mix of 20 max and 150 maxes and then a different mix of single entries and three maxes and try and get a lot more lineups in play, right? So a couple different approaches there, a couple couple different, uh, takeaways depending on what you are seeing. Uh, had a follow-up from Albus. Albus said, I must've missed the pro video. Thanks for a great explanation. Yeah, man. Happy to help. Glad you got an actionable takeaway from that one. All right. Deshaun said, how do you approach a small slate like today? Are you using more smaller stacks like four threes, three threes? Also, how would I use the information given by the Sims to find good contrarian plays, pitchers or secondary stacks for MLB? Okay. Great question. So Uh, Yeah, definitely a smaller slate today, you know, three game main going to be different. Um, What I'm going to do, right? So if I want to figure out, hey, you know, are are different stacks going to be, you know, used or, or more viable for this type of slate, et cetera, right? I think that in general. So in baseball, right, we talk about this idea of building the winning lineup, right? Not building the optimal lineup. Well, that's for a big, you know, 12, 14 game slate, right? Um, as the number of games shrink as the number of viable of, of players in the player pool condense, you know, you're going to start to approach a more and more optimal lineup being needed. Right. You're not going to need like the top optimal, but, but you know, if, if, uh, if the Mets go off today, right. And you don't have the Mets, the Mets score 10 runs, you know, there, there might not be a great way to to get to a winning construction without them. Right. So similarly, like what we saw yesterday was, the Rangers scored 13 runs, but then you still had the White Sox in Chicago in a, in a really high scoring game. Right. I think the Cubs ended up with 10 runs. Uh, White Sox ended up with like eight runs. I saw the score was like eight to seven. And then I read that the Cubs ended up with 10 runs. So, you know, on a, on a big slate, there might be a couple different ways to get to a winning lineup, right? On this three game slate with only six teams, the Mets score 13 runs and you don't have the Mets. You're probably not winning. Right. So that's just one thing to think about. Right. And, uh, Similarly, what I'm going to do, I'm going to run a build. I'm going to go to my stack types. I'm going to see what stacks the builder likes, right? And it looks like the builder still thinks that, you know, five stacks are very viable on this slate here. Uh, usually we see like five twos, five threes, and five ones, but we're actually not seeing like five one one ones here uh, as like the third highest pool exposed lineup here. We're actually seeing four threes here. So um, I'm okay playing any four stack, three, four stack, five stack here you know, my three stacks are still coming up so low as a primary stack, 1.5%, 1.3, probably like up two, three, like 4% of the lineups in my pool total have a primary three stack. So not, not something I'm like actively looking to play here, but you know, this, this is how I ask those questions. Like, Hey, you know, what stacks are viable for this slate? It's like, Hey, let me go see what stacks are being built the most often. Right. I think that's a great way to do it. And then second part was how would I use the information given by the sims to find good contrarian plays, pitchers, or secondary stacks for MLB? Uh, great question here. So let's start with stacks, right? So I'm going to come into my team stacks tab. I'm going to look at all my stacks, right? So we're 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 fading the chalk pretty aggressively here. I'm going to assume I'm going to assume Chicago is chalky here. Uh, because we have them in 57 percent of our pool, but Saber Sim is aggressively fading them, playing them in only 15% of our lineups here, and then playing much more of a like a middle of the road stack pool exposure stack with the Mets here. So if I wanted to check that, right? What I could do, I could just come to the home screen. I'm gonna go to team stacks, I'm gonna sort it by projected runs here. And interesting that Cubs are third. Okay, so let's just go to ownership. So One of the ways that I like to estimate stack ownership here is go to all batters and then just go team by team here. And then I thought I had a filter on. I think I had it for the other one. So I'm going to do my projection greater than four. Okay. So I'm looking at the order of all the batters here. I'm looking at batters by team order one through nine. I'm just going to go and look at like their top six batters and then come up with a approximate stack ownership here. And I'm just eyeballing this. I'm trying to be directionally accurate. I'm not trying to be perfect here. So CJ Abrams, 21%. Lane Thomas, 15. Candelario, 12. Vanessa, 7. Ruiz, 14%. Dominic Smith, 5. Uh, I think it's safe to say that, you know, Washington is going to be around 15% owned as a stack, right? And I'm just going to make notes here. So like 15% for Washington, probably like 20% for the Mets. Chicago is very high owned with a 4.7% implied run total. I think this probably just comes down to salary relief with Talkman being 3,500 hat being 3,400 CS Suzuki at 3,200. I think that, you know, you could probably get a good mix of players in that lineup. Like Nimmo's like 4,800 Lindor 52, Alonzo 52 Vogelbacks pretty cheap, but I think, I think probably the, just the way that the salaries work out and the constructions lead to just the Cubs being way more chalky. So 36% owned Nico Horner, 32% owned Cody Bellinger. Uh, these are just much, much higher across the board. Every player over 10% owned. So I would say that, you know, you could probably go 25% Cub stacks at least here, just, just a roundabout number. And then that's basically what I'm doing for every team and then just making notes of that. And then I, am uh, using that as a reference in my post build, right? So kind of figured out that, Hey, the Cubs are going to be really chalky on this slate for whatever reason, the Mets are the highest implied run total team, and they're not the highest own team. Right. So I think that's kind of why we're getting to a lot of the Mets here, but, you know, do that exercise, go through those ownerships, see what some of these exposures look like overall here and, um, you know, manage your risk appropriately. Right. So, yes, you know, the Cubs are going to be high owned, but we're also stacking them a lot in our pool, right? But because of Sabre score, because of that negative weight on average adjusted ownership, we're not getting to a lot of them, right? So having so few Mets, maybe that is um, not the approach I want to take, right? Maybe that's too risky. Like, hey, I'm fading the Cubs so aggressively here. You know, maybe I'll go half of what their stack pool exposure is, right? And get to some, or maybe I use that stack pool exposure, uh estimate that i used right let's say i said um you know 25% here maybe i make a min exposure of 25% for the mets and play them closer to uh what the field is playing them and then i'm basically what i'm trying to say is hey i want to match the field on the cubs i do not want to let the cubs beat me. I do not want the Cubs to sink my lineups. I would rather look for leverage elsewhere on other teams, match the field on the Cubs, and then try and get different somewhere else, right? So that's another approach, right? So a couple different ways to think about it. But these are the steps that I'm taking to kind of figure out those decisions, right? Look at the ownerships, look at the implied runs, come back to the build, you know, look at the stack pool exposures, look at the exposures in my 20 lineups, manage that risk, right? Look at five stacks, three stacks, four stacks, two stacks, right? Figure out which teams are coming up most often as primary stacks, which teams are coming up most often as secondary stacks. And then you can do the same thing for your pitchers, right? Come into your pitchers tab, come over here, sort by pool. So see what the highest pool guys are, see who is showing up in your lines most often, right? And then see if you want to make any changes to that. Um, One thing that I tend to look out for on these small slates like let's say that I am playing a lot of what's a good example here. Okay. So let's use Dylan Cease here. Dylan Cease is no let's use. Okay. Let's use Kode Senga. So Senga, we have him in 55% of our lineups here. So 11 out of our 20 lineups have Senga. And then if we go back to team stacks, well, eight of our 20 lineups have a Washington stack, which Sanga is pitching against. So now 19 out of your 20 lineups are all going to be determined by the outcome of this one game. So, you know, there's only three games on the slate. So you might have to be in this situation a little bit here, but, but for me, I don't love that we are playing Senga in over 50% of our lineups. And then we're playing Washington stacks in 40% of our lineups and all of our, you know, lineup, a lot of our lineup equity is, is all focused around this one game. Right. So um, I, I don't love situations like that where like, Hey, you know, we have some positive leverage on the pitcher. We have some positive leverage on the team he's facing. Um, You know, what if, what if, you know, both teams just kind of have like a mediocre game, a middle of the road game. Right. So, I, I don't love having a lot of my lineups riding on a singular game from two different perspectives. I might try and manage my risk of both of those players like like Senga and the Nationals uh, a little bit here and, and try and get to some more spread out teams or game constructions here, right? So that's one thing to think about on these really small slates. Uh, that's kind of something that, that I'm always aware of when when making final decisions about my lineup here so just some thoughts for you guys and uh hope hope you get some actionable takeaways from that Just sean all right we are all caught up with questions in the office hours channel and the youtube chat at the moment while we wait for any last questions to come in just want to remind you guys if you guys are not playing over on owners box highly recommend taking advantage of our partnership with Owner's Box, they are an up-and-coming DFS site here. We partnered with them at the beginning of the MLB season. We were the first major optimizer to support contests on Owner's Box. Great thing about them being a smaller up-and-coming site is that their contests overlay frequently. You can find contests where they are paying you to play. Your $5 entry becomes $6 by the time the contest starts because not enough people are entering. You can find reduced rate contests, no rate contests. The user base is generally going to be softer than what you're going to find on DraftKings FanDuel or Yahoo here. I can't express enough how important contest selection is in DFS in 2023 here. Uh, Another great thing is when you use promo code SABER or SABERSIM, when you sign up, one, you can get up to a $500 deposit bonus. And two, we will track your entry fees for you. And each time you hit one of our entry fee tiers here, you will earn a free month of SABERSIM. And when you earn that free month, We will reach out to you, let you know you have earned that free month. You can cash in on that month right away or you can wait for the next price tier and cash in on that tier. Once you cash in, we will automatically reset your tracking to zero and there is no limit on the amount of free months you can earn while this promotion lasts. So highly recommend taking advantage of it. But all right, everybody. um, Looks like we are going to call it a day there. Reminder for you guys, no show tomorrow. I will be back on Monday here. So if you guys are building lineups, From, you know, now through the weekend, question pops in your head, drop it in the Office Hours channel. Let it sit there until Monday. That it gets a steady queue of questions to get started with for our next show. But until then, take care. Good luck in all your guys' contests. I will see you all. Thanks. Bye.